All right, you guys, rookies, before we get to today's show, we have a quick favor to ask. Yeah, guys. So here is the deal. We want to make this show better than ever heading into 2022, and we need your help to do that. So if you're a super fan who listens to almost every episode, maybe you're amused by the way Ashley changes the number nine to niner, or maybe you've DM'd me on Instagram about my house in Shreveport I can't sell. Are you come from a walkie talkie? <laughs> then we want you guys to join our rookie circle group. We are going to give you guys access to some of the episodes before they actually go live, plus the chance to personally appear on live shows with us. And this is just all free. We just want to include you guys and have you a part of the rookie community. All we ask is that you're willing to keep listening to the show and provide us with regular feedback through email surveys. So does that sound fair to you? If so, sign up at biggerpockets.com forward slash circle. That's biggerpockets.com forward slash circle. And we'll put a link in the show notes for today's episode too. One more time, head over to biggerpockets.com forward slash circle for access to exclusive content and the chance to make your feedback heard. Now, enjoy the show, guys. This is Real Estate Rookie, episode 127. Worrying does nothing. Obviously, it's important to have some concern, but if I were to sit here in my worry all day long, imagine how much time I'm wasting taking action on something. If you know what it is that you wanna do, plan, prepare, execute, and assess. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with Tony Robinson. So today I am wearing a Fleetwood Mac shirt, and we all remember the Tommy Boy incident when Tony first came onto the show. Well, we had another incident today because he did not know who Fleetwood Mac was, so we had to start off uh, right before our recording with our guest. We all got hyped up on Dream by Fleetwood Mac, and he goes, oh, I know that song. That's the guy on the skateboard with the cranberry juice from TikTok. <laughs> you guys, it was the best. <laughs> I wish we were recording that. <laughs> to my defense, in my household, there was a little bit more Luther Vandross, uh, Tina Marie, that style of music. So there wasn't a whole lot of Fleetwood Mac playing in, in my neighborhood. But yes, Dogface from TikTok introduced me to Fleetwood Mac, and I'm forever grateful. Yeah. So and now it's going to be the theme song. Like any event we go to now, that's going to be like <laughs> we gotta your, come out your to, intro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So BPCon 2022, we, we got to come out to some, yeah. some Fleetwood Mac today. Oh, awesome. So it's late at night and we just recorded with two guests and our most recent guests. You guys are going to be just like on fire. You're going to be ramped up. You're going to be pumped up. This is an awesome, awesome episode. He's fantastic. So his name's Angel Garcia and I had actually interviewed him on my old podcast before coming over to BP and same thing. He's just full of energy, full of insight, and he did not disappoint in today's episode. Obviously, you guys are going to get the real estate information, but his approach and just the way that he articulates how he overcame some of the challenges in his business, right? Like his first real estate deal, he lost tens of thousands of dollars on that deal, but still found a way to turn that into a win for him. And he's getting like a, I don't know, I think it's like a 12% return on his money still. So, so many really good golden nuggets, both like tactical things, but also from a mindset perspective. 
Yeah. And I wrote this down so that I would remember to, to say it during the intro. But one thing that we talk about is like helping other people get started in real estate. And where do you draw the line where you're kind of like nagging a person? And how do you know how to approach them and all these things? And so if you are learning how to be an investor, or if you only have one deal, you are still such a beneficial tool to somebody who is just starting out that hasn't consumed anything yet on real estate. Like you are a resource. So listen to this episode and listen to Angel give me advice on to how to navigate that, how to approach people because you want to help them or to be approachable so people come and um, ask you for advice. So that just everything Angel said was it was really great and just motivational. And then when he talks about his deal and the huge dollar amount that he found out about that he had to put into this property after closing, you you guys don't want to want to hear that. And plus, we dive into how he actually paid for that huge, huge expense, too. So many good things throughout this entire episode, like literally one of my most favorite conversations as of late. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We know and you all know why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers proof of income verification. So RentReady's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. So before we dive into the show, today is September 2nd. So just in case this is our last ever episode, 
The reason is Tony is taking me to Vegas this weekend with his wife, and I will be going to my first ever Vegas pool party. So if we don't come out of it, you guys, thank you. This has been the best. episode one twenty seven. Might be the last one. So glad it was a good one. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the show. Angel, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you start off just telling everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate? Absolutely, Ashley. First off, thank you so much for having me on the show. It truly is is a, an honor and a blessing to be here. And I've been with you from the beginning and now full circle to be here. So thank you so much, uh, honestly. A little bit about myself. So born and raised in Miami, Florida, blue collar family, right? My dad worked construction. My mom was an admin assistant. And growing up in Miami, right, it was always the theme of work hard, study hard, and somehow you'll be successful, right? And if anyone knows Miami, it's very expensive there. It's a very fast-paced life. So you work to survive. You work to pay the bills and to move on to another day, right? And so growing up in that mindset, never was I much into investing or savings. It was just work hard to get the money to move forward. So I followed my passion. I became an educator. And I focused on industrial organizational psychology and leadership studies. I worked in higher education, worked in several universities throughout Florida, traveled as a leadership consultant and developed leadership curriculum. And as life so happens, right, because we never know what's going to happen tomorrow, ironically enough, I joined the Army. I don't know how that happened. I don't know where it came from. But there I was in a recruiter's office and parallel to this other life that I was living all of a sudden now I'm in the Army Reserves. And so I'm wearing the uniform one week in a month, two weeks during the summer. I'm an educator during the weekdays. And here I am 20 years later, right? After giving, they, they gave me an opportunity to, to go full time. And now here I am 20 years later, active. I am a signal officer that now turned into a space operations officer. I'm in Colorado Springs with my beautiful wife and daughter. And we're, we're loving every day of it out here. So that's my life now. It's full time Army. Okay. Well, thank you very much uh, for your service. We definitely appreciate it. So Angel, what was like that aha moment for you as to, I'm going to be a real estate investor and this is why, was there like one specific thing or just did accumulated over time? What was that light bulb moment for you? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it was a catalyst approach here that occurred. And, and what it was is when I got married with my wife, right? Um, we, we had our daughter and then I, right after that, immediately, right again, you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. I received notice that I was going to deploy. And so here I am starting my family. We just got married. We have our daughter. Life is great. And then all of a sudden, hey, you're going overseas. And so all of a sudden, you know, in, in a few months time, here I am across the pond in theater in the desert, working operations with my signal unit. And, you know, I had an epiphany moment out there, right? Like you really put things in perspective on what's important to you when you're out there in the desert. And I started thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father. What am I going to do to now support my family? Like, what am I going to do to build that foundation for not only my wife, but that generational wealth that you always hear about for, for my daughter? Because it's no longer about me now, right? I need to take care of my family. I need to be there for my wife and daughter. So we hadn't purchased a house at all. We were renting. And it was in that moment that I said, you know what? It's time. It's time to buy a house. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what's, I have no clue about this. So I went on YouTube. I looked up how to buy a home. And lo and behold, there was Brandon Turner and Josh Dorkin. And Brandon was talking about purchasing his first property or one of his first properties and how that property was going to be a college fund or was going to be set up for his daughter, right? And I said, what a genius idea. 
what a genius idea. I'll buy a house and in 20 years time, it'll be a college fund for my daughter. And so I utilized the VA loan when I got back from deployment. We bought a home in Grovetown, Georgia, because I went to Captain's Career Course out there in Fort Gordon. And it was scary, right? Like I'm buying this hundred something thousand dollar home. And, but I learned Bigger Pockets was there for me. And I watched all these YouTube videos and I learned about the VA loan and everything was really, I'm gonna sound like an infomercial here, but BP really set me up for success, <laughs> right? And I did it and I did it. And so what happened here? I bought that first property. Army takes me to another location. That first property now becomes a rental property. So now my mind was just buying a home to establish a foundation for my family. Now, somehow I'm forced into this investing world, right? And I'm seeing, I need to find a, a tenant for my property. So now that home becomes a, a rental property. I have to buy another home with the remaining entitlement that I have for VA. And then all of a sudden, again, notification of deployment, notification that after deployment, you're going to go to the command and general staff college school. So it's like, here we go. This house is now going to be another rental property. I am completely out of VA loan entitlement, but I'm liking what's happening here, right? I'm seeing a little bit of cash flow. It's not a lot, a hundred bucks from that first property. Now this house that I purchased in Arizona, it's cash flowing again, a hundred, $200 a month, which isn't bad, right? For not even going into it with that mindset. But now I caught the bug, right? Now I caught the bug. Now I like what's going on. And then to answer your question finally here is, here I am in the desert again. <laughs> and now I have nothing to rely on. I have no VA loan, nothing. So all of this like investing strategy, creative financing and everything, I'm like, I gotta come up with something if I'm gonna keep this thing going. I can't buy in Miami. Cause I mean, you kick a bucket over and like you got $600,000 homes that are coming out. I can't buy that. I can't buy houses over here in Phoenix, right? Again, $500,000, $600,000. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, of course we impose all these negative things on us. And it's like, there's no way that I could move into this because the two places that I could go to with my family in Miami or where I'm at in Phoenix, I can't. And then, whereas Brandon Turner took care of me the first time, right? In comes David Green. And David Green comes out with this whole core four long distance real estate investing. And again, I'm like, it sounds good, but it's scary. But then I had, a, uh, I had a moment out there. I'm like, hey, man, listen up. And I'm talking to myself. I'm like, dude, if you could come out here in the desert with 300 soldiers and ship millions of dollars of equipment out here in this desert and, and, and manage all these soldiers across seven different countries, you mean to tell me you cannot buy a $70,000 property three states away? And I mean, I'm having this discussion with myself, right? And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I think in life, we don't realize the talents that we have. We think that, well, I need to be part of a mastermind group or I need to be a part of something, right? But little do we do to look inside of ourselves and say, hey, we've got the tools that we need to move forward. And so I said, you know what? If I'm good at operations with the army, if I'm a lead planner for my organization, surely I could do this. So came back, bought my first out-of-state property. According to David Green's you know, long distance, I got my core four, I followed it to the T. And I did it. And so got my first out-of-state property, learned a lot through that process, right? It's not always pretty. It's not always the way that it's, it's written in books and there's challenges, um, but we worked through those challenges. And so that's where I'm at now. So four doors, three properties, took a tactical timeout because of all the moving around with the army. But here I am now ready to go into the next one now that we're here in Colorado Springs. 
I have so many questions and so many things that I want to dive into and unpack here. So I actually started to make a list. So the first thing I think we should talk about is the VA loan. Can you just describe for everyone what exactly that is? And then we'll kind of dive into how somebody can get one. What's the best way to use it? And then you also talked about how you were tapped out. You used your max on the VA loan. Let's talk about that too. So go ahead. Let's hear it all. <laughs> VA yeah, loans. yeah. So so bottom, as we say in the military, right, bottom line up front, it's an entitlement that's provided to the soldiers, right? Uh, all those that are serving and, and also veterans. And what it does is it offers you a no down payment option into purchasing a home, right? The VA, in short, acts as the guarantor on your loan. And so what you do is you find a lender that knows how to work very well with the VA. And that's, I mean, that's all over the place. So many lenders out there are VA uh, loan friendly. And so what it does, it's a zero down low interest fee loan. Uh, you could 30 years, right? And there's a fee that's associated with it. It's like a service fee that they have, but it all gets rolled up into the loan. So you don't pay anything, right? You come to the closing table with nothing. And sometimes based on the incentives of the lender, they pay you like they did for me from that first house. Like I'm sitting there with my wife. I'm like, the incentive of using this lender, we are getting paid to buy this house. And that's why like the cash flow isn't a lot at first, right? I mean, you don't use the VA for investment purposes. You buy it as your primary residence. But listen, as we know in the military, we're moving all the time. So you go in the right way, you utilize it as your primary residence, but then if you know the army moves you somewhere else or the military moves you somewhere else, it turns into an investment property. And again, the cash flow is not a lot at first, but with patience and other systems that I've utilized, such as refinancing, it is a whole nother different world. So that's how it is. That's how the VA works. Now, you asked about the cap. Back in the day, right? And I say back in the day, maybe like for three years ago, right? Back in the day, there used to be a cap on there. So, you know, don't quote me on this, but it was like 400 something thousand dollar total that you could use. So if you buy one house for whatever that cap was in the region that you're in for 400 and something thousand dollars, that's it. You've cashed in all of your entitlement. But if you buy a $100,000 property, now you still have entitlement left. So if the army moves you or the military moves you with orders somewhere else, now you've got that $300,000 that you carry somewhere else and you could use up to that amount. So I was very fortunate that the house in Grovetown at the time was $174,000 when I bought it. Um, and the market's increased since then, right? So appreciation, but 174 back then. And so I took the remaining entitlement and I bought a 200 something thousand dollar home over in Arizona, which left me maybe a few thousand in entitlement, but that's how I was able to purchase those two. Angel, you said that if you had orders to move, so if you were maybe a vet and you didn't have orders to move, would you still be able to get those two loans up to the amount of the entitlement? Or is that just for active duty? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the intent is that it's your primary, your primary residence, right? So, you know, there's other factors that are in there. I'm not sure what, where it's at now, because I haven't kept up with the policies ever since the entitlement went off, but there's certain criteria that obviously if things happen in life and situations happen in life, you could adjust accordingly. But I know for those that are active, for sure, those with orders, as you move on, they continue using those entitlements. But those that are veterans, again, I'm not up to date with what those criteria are that'll allow you to uh, move out of that home and then into another one and still use the remaining entitlement. 
So I don't want to mislead anyone. Yeah. Sorry, Tony, that I'm taking all the questions, but I, I have a friend that wants to get started in real estate investing and he is a vet and I know that he has a, a VA loan. He used a VA loan on his first property. So I'm just trying to gather all this information for him. And actually, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The best thing, because people in life really like to say no all the time, right? Like you would pose a question somewhere and they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. It's like, listen. I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to go to the lender. I'm going to say, this is where I'm at. This is what I want to do. How does this work through the process? And I'll ask those questions instead of just taking that first no. So I definitely recommend talk to a VA lender and say, this is where I'm at. This is the situation. How do the guidelines help me in this? And take it from there. Because if I would have followed everyone that told me no, (laughs) I would have been in a whole different place today. So Ask the pros. That is such a good point. And that is so true that listening, especially people who haven't done it, people who haven't even gone out and tried to get their second property and they're probably the ones telling you, no, you can't do it. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's good. Advice. Okay, Tony, did you have any questions? I'm sorry that I <laughs> <laughs> I took up all the VA she, loan she, questions. She, she staffed me in now. No, I mean, no, just like Ashley, Angel, as you were talking, I was like feverishly scribbling notes here. A, a couple of things I want to point out that you said that I, I think the rookies really need to make sure that they understand. The first thing you said is that we self-impose so many negative thoughts. We self-impose so many negative thoughts. And this isn't just real estate, like this is just like life, right? Like we to ourselves sometimes have this self-talk that is so detrimental, but it's with no basis, no foundation whatsoever. And you were self-aware enough to talk to yourself and say, wait a minute, I'm doing all these other much more difficult things. I can definitely buy a duplex in whatever state that's not the one that I live in. And it's being self-aware enough to realize that that I think is super important. So for all of you that are listening, check your self-talk, right? I tell this to my son all the time. I say the most important conversation you have throughout the day is the conversations that you have with yourself, like period. The way that you communicate with yourself is more important than the way you communicate with anybody else because it's that conversation with the person in the mirror that's going to dictate what you believe you can achieve. So you've got to check that conversation like today. So man, love that point. Like that's a big part of like my framework for life is like that self-talk thing. Tony, that was so great. Oh, he, oh, he fired me up. Listen, I'm going to fire, I'm gonna fire people. I'm taking these glasses off real quick. Hey, listen, I'll say this. I'll say this. And, and, and I don't know if it's all these deployments that I've gone on, but life, life is short. Like life is short. By the time you blink, like here I am in my forties. I feel like I'm 20 something, but I'm in my forties now. Right. My daughter's growing up and you, you know, you look at them, they keep growing. It's like, oh my goodness. You know, white hairs are coming in. I'm like life, the hands of time are marching on. Right. And so I could either sit here and waste my time worrying. Right. Because no one has ever, no one in life ever says, Hey, you're going to add years to your life. If you worry, right. Worrying does nothing. Now, Obviously, it's important to have some concern, but if I were to sit here in my worry all day long, imagine how much time I'm wasting taking action on something, right? And so do something. If you feel, if you know what it is that you want to do, plan, prepare, execute, right? And assess, like have the plan, prepare yourself with the right tools, have faith and trust in yourself. And it's going to be scary. Listen, it's going to be scary. But once you go through it and you look back, now I'm the one that's providing advice to my family on how to buy a home. When I was the one in the desert listening to Brandon teaching me how to buy my first property, now I'm over here giving advice to my family on how to do it. It's easy. The scariness is is not there. I'll buy another property somewhere else in some other state and I won't even blink 
Because once you go through those motions, those reps, it becomes easier. You build your system, you build your templates, your infrastructure, and now you're going through it and you're looking back and there's a team of people that you're empowering, that you're helping. And you're like, my gosh, if I would have spent all this time worrying, where would I have been today? So sorry, man, you fired me up. Let me put my glasses back on and get back. Let <laughs> me get back. <laughs> fired me Angel, up. I have something to ask you about that. So talking, like helping your family, you're helping them get started in real estate investing or even just purchasing a house. Where do you draw the line as to you're trying to get them to do this? And how do you kind of differentiate between like who really wants to do this and who you're really just nagging and they're not going to do that. I think that's something that I struggle with is like, I want everybody. And I honestly feel like sometimes it comes off to some people that I'm trying to brag to them that I know how to do this and I'm doing that. But in all honesty, it's like, I want you to be able to have this life too. I want you to be able to do that. So I'm telling you and but then I just come off as bragging and like I'm nagging them to do something they don't want to do. And but I, I still want to try and help. So how do you kind of handle that? Yeah, I'll tell you this, Ashley. And in fact, last night, yeah, last night I was thinking the very same thing. I was we just finished our last big, big presentation here in this space operations course that I'm in. So me and a bunch of the other guys went out to just uh, celebrate and, and just talk right about what's next. And so I was telling them about my passion for real estate and you're talking to these these other people, right? And you're like, listen, like it's not hard to do. You could so better your life with this, right? But they, some of them kind of looked at me with blank stares like, uh, yeah, man, like we're not, okay, really interested. But I think at the end of the day, Ashley, right? Whether it be your family, your friends, as long as you've got that genuine care for their betterment, you can't put a price tag on that. You can't put a price tag on genuinely caring for the welfare of others, right? And if they choose not to take you up on that offer, Hey, the offer is always there. The day that you really want to jump into real estate, I'm here and I'll always be here for you. And that's what I told them. I said, hey, team, if you guys ever want to know anything about real estate, let me know. Like, no, no strings attached. I've got nothing but just to make you better investors for it. So I think at the end of the day, that's how I keep myself content that, hey, I'm trying with my family. I'll tell my family, hey, this is what you could do. Hey, friends, this is what you could do. And then you just kind of leave it at that. If they choose not to, everyone will be ready at their own time. But when they are, they'll know that they could call you and you'll be right there where you left off. Yeah, that's such great advice as to like leaving it open ended and not like pressuring them to like, okay, well, come on, just start now. Do it now. Yeah. And never be ashamed for your successes, right? You've worked hard for where you're at. You've gone through the struggles and the behind the scenes, right? Emotions that we go through. But, you know, you are at the place that you need to be right now in life. And and so I'll never I'll never hold that back. Right. I'm very proud of saying, hey, I've got my four doors and that's what it is. And. The day that you're interested, I'm here to support. But celebrate those victories and and where you're going. Ash, you know, that that makes me think a little bit, right? You and I have people that reach out to us all the time, uh, like asking for real estate advice. And when I think about my close friends and family, many of them have not reached out to ask that question, right? And this isn't me saying that you and I are like these real estate gurus and know everything under the sun, but we've obviously found a certain level of success that the people who we care about will probably be impacted in a positive way financially if they did some of the things that you and I have done, right? So it's just a really weird dichotomy that these people who have the relationship with us, the people that have the access to us are the ones that aren't really leveraging that. And it's the people that we don't know 
that are the ones that kind of value the knowledge and experience that we can offer to them. So I don't really know where I'm going with that, but just, it just made me think like what an interesting like phenomenon that is, you know? Well, I think part of it too is like we've gone through the struggles of getting started and we know how to do and we could like very easily help them do it, I guess, in a way. And it's like, you don't even have to go and read books. Like I will hold your hand and take you through all the steps right. of doing it. Like I would love to it. do Just that. Just let like, me yeah, hold your hand. Yeah. <laughs> We're like begging them. We're begging them. But that shows that your heart's in the right place, right? When you have that, right. when it, you can't explain. Yes. It's like a gut feeling that you have of like, why don't you want to do this? I want to help you. And that's where I was last night. I'm like, guys, I will help you. And it's like this energy that you've got. But if they don't want to take it, maybe it's not their time that they're ready yeah. to go what, for what's, it. But what's the saying? You can take a horse to the water, but you can't make it. Yeah, you know, all right, right. right. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I, I don't have any horses. So I don't really know how that <laughs> saying goes. But ho- hopefully I was close enough. <laughs> I'm from Miami, man. So I'm gonna get people in my DMs that are gonna be like, "I'll hold your hand, Ashley." One more comment for me, Angel. Before we keep rolling on some of the things that you said, you said sometimes in life we don't realize the talents that we have. And I'll never forget. I was talking to a friend. They reached out to me and they're like, "Hey, Tony, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about getting started in real estate investing." But I'm just really worried. Like, I feel like I don't have the experience. I feel like I don't have the team. I feel like I don't have the right people around me. And through the conversation, she mentioned that her dad is a commercial general contractor, has been her whole life, and builds a bunch of houses or like commercial buildings in Southern California. And I was like, like, what do you mean you don't have the team? Like, what do you mean you don't have the resources? Like your dad, who you've been in the same house with for half of your life, you know, has like everything that you need. (laughs) So it's, I think it's sometimes we're so close to the work, like our nose is so close to the ground as we're going through some of these things that we forget to look up and kind of assess and realize what are the actual resources, skills, abilities that we currently have that might translate well to becoming an entrepreneur. Right. Like I knew before I got my first deal that maybe I had never bought a real estate investment property before, but I knew that I had led a team of hundreds of people in my W 2 job spread out across the nation. I know how to property manage. I know how to read financial statements. I know how to delegate. Like there's all these different things and weren't necessarily real estate, but I knew that they would translate well to becoming a real estate investor. Tony, I want to touch on something you just said real quick there as to how that girl had all of the resources because of her dad. I think it can go both ways. Like we were just talking about how we're trying to help people and we're trying to reach them. I bet there are people close to all of us that want our help, but are waiting for us to ask or waiting for us to say something before even asking us. I heard a story recently from uh, one of my investor friends where his daughter just didn't know what she was going to do with her life. She decided college wasn't for her or anything like that. And so she sat down with her dad and he's telling her all these different things. And then he finally is like, well, you know, maybe what about real estate investing? She's like, I thought you never asked, like, really, you would help me and stuff. And I mean, he, I mean, he's a pretty large investor and he's just like, I never wanted to force it on anybody. I didn't want to force it on my kids, but my daughter didn't think that I was like open to helping her in it because I never said anything. And he was like, it was just such a weird moment for me because I always thought the opposite when really she wanted to learn and it wanted me to teach her. And one thing I'll add to that too, Ashley, right? And I'm telling you, I am textbook rookie and how I went through everything, right? So 
you know, when I first started getting to BP and learning, I knew that I had the energy and the, and the passion to do something. I didn't know what that was. So what happens? You go into the forum, you start listening to the podcast with different themes. And all of a sudden it's like wholesale, wholesale. I mean, thousands of dollars in wholesale. So you're like, okay, I'm going to do wholesale, wholesale. And all of a sudden someone's like, dude, I flipped and I made 50,000. You're like, oh, then that's what I'm going to do. Flip. Right. And then you hear the success story of how it went zero to a hundred in like a day. And you're like, oh, I need it. So it's like, you're chasing all these things because you know that you want to be successful. But then as a rookie, you get overwhelmed because it's like, where do I begin? Like, I want to be successful for whatever your why is and whatever your reason is, right? Because that there's a lot of power in that. Like, if you know you're doing this for your wife and daughter, for your family, you're going to want to do something. And so I think at the end of the day, it's don't compare yourself to the successes of others, right? Tony, you're a man that works out. Listen, you put years in to work out, right? People that go to the gym for the first time, I'm not going to get buffed in a day. But if I stay consistent, right, over time, I will get to that goal. And it's the same thing with real estate. You think I'm over here, you know, writing a book on the $100 that I'm making on that first VA property that turned into a, I'm not, that's $100, which is great, but that's not like the end goal, right? But the second property comes. Now I've got the multifamily property comes. And I want to share this with you because this is something that is probably one of the most powerful lessons I've ever learned in life. And it was from the movers that moved me from Georgia to Arizona, right? I'm sitting in the kitchen. There I was talking to one of the movers and the guys are coming in, moving all the boxes out, right? And uh, all of a sudden we're talking about just, you know, his his moving team and whatnot. And he stops and he, he yelled, literally starts yelling at the other guy. He goes, hey, Chuck, Chuck, where are you going? And the other guy comes in. He goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, where are you going? And he goes, I was just going out to the truck. He goes, what are you doing going to the truck with your hands empty? Grab a box, go out there and take a box with you. You owe me a beer, right? And I said, well, what was that all about? He goes, hey, efficiency, right? Efficiency. We got to be effective here. We got to be. Time is valuable, right? So if he's walking out to the truck without a box, that's more time that we're on the job. So what was the lesson? Even if I can't buy a house now, even if I can't do what I want to do in real estate now, do something. And so what did I do after that? I kid you not. I realized, hey, I'm not buying any properties, but the rates are really good right now. So I started refinancing. I refinanced both homes and that $100, right, turned into $300 for one and $400 for the other because I got tenants in, I upped the uh, rent. But again, the moral of the story is just because you can't buy a house now, just because I can't jump, you could still do something. Educate yourself, build some systems, go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot, see what flooring you want to put in your property when that time comes, what paint. So that way when it happens, I'm ready to go. I know what color scheme I want. I know what kitchen cabinets I want. I'm ready. There's always something to do. So don't feel that just because you can't start now, that there's not something you can't do to make yourself better towards your goals. So anyways, thank you. You motivated me, Ashley. Dude, man, I'm loving this conversation, <laughs> brother. So so glad that you're on here today. I want to take it back because where you started at was saying that sometimes there's so much advice that it can be like paralyzing, right? It's like, like, I remember when I first became a parent, someone told me, they're like, if you read enough parenting books, you'll give up and let your kids parent themselves. Because literally like all the books at one point in time will conflict with one another, right? Tony, this is one of the things I wrote on my list was how to navigate the consumption that I wanted to ask Angel. And so I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page, right? But it's true because even as a real estate investor, if you listen to the wholesalers, they'll say, 
They'll never flip a house. Flipping houses is stupid. And if you listen to the flippers, they'll say, oh, man, you know, I can't believe people wholesale. Like talking to sellers, I would hate to do that. And you listen to the buy and hold guys and girls are like, I would never sell a house. I'm going to own this house until I die. And it's like everybody's got like this different, like very hard line that they draw in the sand. And, and at times it can be difficult to find the one that works for you. So for the rookies, my advice is pick the one that resonates with you the most and just try that. Try it out. And if it doesn't work for you and you don't like it, try something else, but find the one that speaks to who you are. Find the one that the most naturally leverages the skills, the abilities, the resources that you have today. Find the one that's the, the path to the least resistance for you, right? If you have a lot of capital, you don't have much time, you don't care to manage, then maybe you're passively investing in someone else's deal. If you have no capital, but a ton of time, and you love talking to people, then maybe you're cold calling people and you're trying to be a wholesaler. You got to find the one that fits you, that, that fits your vibe. So I guess my question after all that, Angel, is after hearing all of the different pieces of advice, how did you find the path for yourself to say, okay, I think this is what I want to do? Yeah. So based on the situation that I was in, knowing that Phoenix is too expensive for me, Miami's way too expensive for me, right? California is too crazy for me, right? As far as prices, I'm going to go ahead and give this multifamily, right? Buy and holds. I'm just going to give it a go because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that I can't pivot later on, right? It doesn't mean that later on I can't go from where I'm at to short-term rentals or something else. It doesn't, doesn't mean that. So it was just one of those where it was like, okay, I am going to, I've done the research. I'm feeling what David Green is putting out here, right? He's putting out a very concise plan. Like, Hey, this is how you do it. Get your core four ready to go. So my wife had extended family that's over in Illinois, right outside of the Moline area. And the entry price, the barrier, the entry price was pretty cheap for a multifamily home. They were asking $70,000 for a duplex property. So I said, I could do this. I could do this and at least understand what this looks like. And I did. And I said, you know what? This is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to focus my efforts on. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process. I, I enjoyed the investments. Um, I learned a lot from it. Definitely, there's an emotion, emotional side to this. And then there's, you know, what's planned, and then it's how you react to those plans. And that's where I really saw, like, even though I'm a military man and I could plan like no one else in the military, once I let my emotions get involved, it all went downhill. So, but yeah, you could always pivot later on, Sony, but you got to stick to something and try it out first. Cause if not, you're just gonna be all over the place. You know, I was ready to do a, a letter writing campaign. And I didn't even know what campaign I wanted to get into, but I'm like, I needed to start sending letters. So it takes time to find that rhythm, find that piece of real estate that, that you resonate with. But like you said, once you find it, you, you got to go all in. So on that note, right, let's talk about how you maybe got one of your deals. Do you have a specific deal that we can kind of focus on for this rookie deal review? Absolutely. So let's talk about when I left the safe harbor and now I'm on my own and it was a duplex property out of state investment that I really learned a lot with. And that was, you know, going through the traditional process with lender, no VA. Okay. Well, let me, uh, let me ask you a quick, like rapid fire uh, set of questions so we can set the table for the listeners. Um, and then we'll go into a, a deeper review of the deal. So what market was this property in? Yep. So right outside of Moline, Illinois. Okay. Moline, Illinois. I'd never heard of that before. So it must be a good place. So what was the property type? I think you said a duplex. Yeah, it was a duplex property built in 1899. 1899. Jeez yeah. Louise. That is, that is. Well, that's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Just good. you wait. Okay. Yeah. And so Moline duplex, what did you purchase this one for? So the asking price on that one was 70,000. And 
I went in low ball offer of 50, right? Because I was all fired up about the low ball offer. Um, and then I got it for 55. 55. Wow. That is amazing. We'll have to go back to, to the negotiation piece on that to go from 70 to, to 55. Was there any rehab budget included in, in the purchase <laughs> of this? So let me just give you the snippet since we're on a little rapid round, right? Rapid fire. Let me just well, tell you that. Let's, let's dive into it. Let's dive into I mean, it. Cause I think we set, the, we set the foundation for guests enough. So talk us through before we get into the rehab, first, let's talk about the negotiation piece and we'll get into to the rehab. So it was listed at 70. How did you get them down 15 grand off of their asking price? Yeah. So just working with the realtor, found a really good realtor that was there and, and shared with her my, my goals. And I told her, I said, Hey, Linda, listen, there's a reason why I'm providing you a lowball offer here. Like, I know that you're looking at me crazy, but just know that the way that my numbers work, this is where I'm starting. Cause I need her to know that I'm not wasting her time, right? I mean, she's got things to do. So there's a, a rhyme to this. So working with her, I said, Hey, look, 50 is where I'm at. See where they're at. And then at first they were like, no, absolutely not. You know, we're not going to go that low. And so I could have just stopped there, but I said, okay, look, House 55, let's go with 55. Let's see where they're at. I, I wanna see what they're biting at. And so they actually went for 55. They said, yeah, we'll go for it. But it, it was on the market for quite a bit too. And I'll tell you why, but it was on the market for quite a bit. And so we got it for 55 and we're able to close it at that. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We know and you all know why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers proof of income verification. So RentReady's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. Hiring? Your search is over. Really, there's no need to search. Match instead with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates super fast. 
Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to hire top talent faster. Speaking of top talent, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. But why do I love Indeed? Because I'm busy and scrolling through 300 resumes is not helping my business grow. It's actually making it slow. With Indeed, I can hire faster and know I'm getting someone who can do the job. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to post your jobs with more visibility at Indeed.com slash rookie. Just go to Indeed.com slash rookie right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash rookie. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When Bigger Pockets started podcasting, no one thought we needed a store, but then books, so many books, best-selling books, rookie books, partnership books. We needed the best real estate bookstore ever, so we chose Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch stage to the first order stage to the, did we just sell out the whole store stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling real estate books or retro clothing, Shopify's platform helps you sell everywhere, online or in person. Now, speaking of online, did you know Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better than other leading commerce platforms? And no matter how big you grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business. And that's why we chose Shopify for the Bigger Pockets bookstore. So sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash bprookie, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash bprookie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bprookie. So I want to talk about the analysis piece, Angel. This being your, your first true out-of-state investment, what did you see in this property to make you think, okay, this is worth $55,000. So again, there's a plan and there's emotions, right? Emotions are, that's a wonderful price. That's not Miami. That's not Phoenix. There's not a lot of zeros after that price. It was $70,000. And when you're looking at a- That's what I would have thought if it was in California. I was like, there, there's a zero <laughs> missing here somewhere. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's- <laughs> So it, it was one of those where it's like, you know, you put 25% down on that. The numbers were there. And so now I've got a target. Now I've got something to work towards. And so I, was, I started getting way excited about this. But again, that 70,000 was, was probably the key catalyst that, that brought me into it. And then again, right, you got to know your, your market, right? So I, I went on Zillow and I went on Realtor and I kind of saw what the comparisons were. And I knew that multifamily properties there were ranging between 70, 79. And then those odd ones that were in the 60s. That's awesome, brother. I mean, the analysis part is, I think, where a lot of rookie investors get stuck at, right? It's just the analysis paralysis, right? And, and they run all the numbers, but they never feel confident enough to pull the trigger. So I'm, I'm glad you're able to, to push past that. Well, let me take it a step further since we're talking about the analysis. There's more to it, right? So I was really, so the criteria, what was my criteria going into this? Because you have to have that criteria, right? To remove the emotion. So going into this, I knew that whatever property I was looking at, it had to meet that 1% rule. Or in this case here, I was being a little bit more aggressive and it's the 1.5%. For those who don't know what it is, let's say a property is $100,000, 1% of $100,000, that's what you're looking at for the monthly collected rent. And then you start working other things behind that. So for this property, I knew that for the 400 on each side, which is what those tenants were paying, I knew that I was doing more than okay on that one. 
I knew that I didn't want to pay for utilities, right? I wanted to have a separate gas, water, and electricity meters. Some people are okay with water. Again, I want to be very selective on this. So I don't want to pay any utilities on this. And it met that, that criteria. And so part of the criteria was no major CapEx repairs up front. But again, this is where emotions kind of crept in and knocked that one out of the way. But that's where I was at starting off. So, you know, like we say in the military, it briefed very well. It briefed well going into this. So, but that all changed. And then reality came in and it changed. Yeah. Let's talk about where, where things changed, Angel. How did this deal go off of the plan? How did it pivot? Yeah. <laughs> Ashley and Sonia, I'll tell you this. The day that you hire an inspector to go out there and inspect the property, right? Typically, what do you expect from the inspector? They inspect it and then you get an, a printout, right? You get one of those printout reports, right? With color photos and all that stuff. Okay, cool. So the inspector goes out there, does their thing. I'm over here high-fiving, you know, the family. I'm like, hey, the inspector is out there. This is going to happen. This, the plan is set. Inspector doesn't call me that day. Inspector doesn't call me the next day. And I'm thinking, my man's really doing his due diligence. You know, he's really, he's really looking at this property deep. Yeah, right. He went out there for 25 minutes and he left. And then two days later, he calls me. He says, hey, Angel, you're going to have to talk to your realtor, man. Don't worry about paying me. You don't have to pay me for going out there. Just talk to your realtor. I say, but what, what happened? He goes, just talk to your realtor. I said, all right. So I talked to my realtor and she pretty much said, yeah, you know, he, he was kind of not, I don't know, the, the floors are a little bit uneven, you know, in certain places. There's some soft spots that are there, but the carpet kind of covers it up. So, you know, he just, he thinks we need to have a professional to come out here and see it. I'm like, hey, we'll make this thing happen. Keep pushing through this deal. We're going to make this thing happen. <laughs> We're going to make this thing happen. Long story short, closing comes. A week later, tenant reaches out to the property manager and says that her foot went through the floor of one of the, you know, the side of the, one of the units that her foot went through the floor in the back part where the bathroom was at. When I got a, a, a contractor out there, he was like, dude, we're going to have to redo this whole foundation, man. I said, what are we talking about? A thousand bucks? I mean, where are we at? <laughs> where are we at with the foundation on an 1899 home that was like a general store back then, you know, horse and carriages going through there. But I'm like, well, I mean, that's just a few bricks, right? Long story short, $40,000 later. All right. Uh $40,000 later, after several bottles of wine, you know, and a lot of uh, analysis with the, uh, you know, assessing this with, with my wife, it was one of those where you have a plan, but you let your emotions take over and cloud your judgment because you want to get that deal. And so thank goodness, after it's all said and done, right, always having faith through it, right, and working through these challenges, one of the tenants left, I said, if I'm putting in all this money into it, let's renovate that one side of the uh, property. And so what was $400, now it's $650 on that side with nice floor. I mean, it's practically brand new. And then on the other side, the tenant, I raised his rent $25. We're starting to increment it. So all in all right now with where I'm at on that property, um, it cash flows $521 clean, okay? But again, those numbers, that 521 is going back into the uh, pay me back fund for repairs. But once we get that aggressively paid off, then we're set to go because that tenant that's on the $425 side, there's a lot more opportunity that's there. And then again, all the cash flow that we receive from that property, the intent is to put back in, build it up, fix it up, raise that rent on the other side, and then continue moving forward. So 
it was a learning lesson, but it was one that I'm glad that we went through, one that I'm glad that we overcame. And it really is a lesson that, hey, not everything is gonna be the way that you read in books or on, you know, on YouTube videos. There's gonna be challenges, but I think that's a true test. How do you work through that? And we're still here. Angel, I wanna know how did you overcome that obstacle? I mean, most people don't get a $40,000 bill and have $40,000 cash under their mattress to hand it out. I mean, did you have to pull from your life savings or how did you come up with that money to take care of that problem? Because we all know a lot of times money can solve a yeah. problem. <laughs> and so one of the, one of the um, important things, right, is that you always have to understand what levers you have to pull, right? So remember, I was an educator back in the day, right? That was the life that I lived. So while I was there, we had a, um, I didn't know much about this, but I would put money into this like retirement fund that we had in, you know, in the state of Florida. And so at the time it was just growing and growing. We kind of just forgot about it. It was growing and growing. And, uh, you know, here I am in the army full time and that fund was always accumulating. And so it was one of those where it's like, Hey, either I could pull from my savings or I could pull from this fund. Yes. I'll get hit with taxes. Yes. I'll get hit with all of that. But at the end of the day, the return on investment of what I'm taking from this fund and putting it into this property, once it's all said and done, I'm going to have a property that's not only there for me, my wife, and the cash flow that we'll receive because we've been paying it off now pretty aggressively. We we'll probably have maybe like 10% more left to pay it until we really start seeing that true cash flow coming in. But it's that long-term goal. My daughter will have this portfolio that will benefit her for that generational wealth, right? And so, yes, we pulled it from that fund. We put it into the property. But the long-term goal is that it'll continue providing passive income for us. One follow-up for me, Angel. So that, that's how you did it from like a technical side, right? That's how you came up with the money. But I want to talk a little bit more about like the mental aspect of that. This was your first real attempt at being an intentional real estate investor and you get slapped with a $40,000 learning lesson. I think some people put in the same situation might wave the white flag and say real estate investing is the worst idea ever. Like whoever came up with this is is wrong. Monopoly is a lie. You know, like it doesn't really work that way in the real world, right? How did you bounce back from that? Like why did that lesson not stop you from continuing to pursue more real estate investments? Absolutely. So at the end of the day, right? So again, I'm gonna sound like an infomercial here, but the bigger pockets calculators, right, are what I use to do a lot of my assessments on properties. And I look at all the numbers, run all the numbers very specifically there. And so when I'm looking at the numbers, the numbers work. The numbers are there. I'm seeing the checks coming into my hand and then they're going out to repay the debt, but I see them. Like it, the way that it was planned is the way that it's happening, right? It's flowing. Because of a mistake that I did and letting emotions take over and come on, I mean, the day that, that an inspector says, hey, I'm not even charging you. I'm not even giving you a report like it's that bad. I mean, come on now. It's like, are you kidding me? Like pfft, move on to the next one, right? But here I am in this situation, you got to stick to the plan, you got to work through the plan, and you got to continue fighting through it and have faith in yourself, faith in the process, learn from it like we did, right? Hey, this was a mistake that we made, but we've learned from it, but the numbers are still there, right? All the analysis that we put in in the beginning is still true to today, and there's still more potential. I haven't even raised the rent fully on the other unit to bring that to $625 or $650, right? So if I'm at 521 now, imagine what it's gonna look like with that increase. And again, the plan is there. So 
Yeah, it was it was tough because every every day I'd come out of a, a class and you know the contract was like, oh man, if you just don't know, it's bad out here. I said, well, yeah, I know it's bad. <laughs> no kidding, you know. Yeah. I mean, man, tell me if you find like some buried treasure down there from the eighteen ninety nines or something like the Constitution or or I don't know, like you know, let's. <laughs> yeah, I know it's bad. Once one of the treasures that I found in a property was this old, huge poster. And it was like, even on like vintage paper, like sun damage to it, but real thick paper. And it was this huge, I Googled it and it was like from the, the 1960s. It was retired Dallas Cowboys, cheerleaders, topless with their pom <laughs> That was my treasure that I found because I was also hoping for, you know, a brick of gold or something right. like that but all i got was a topless uh, poster <laughs> yeah let me see ben franklin's glasses or something here you know I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay angel can you just recap for us uh real quick so the final uh, conclusion on that property what is your cash flow on it now and when do you expect to finish raising the rent on that other unit yeah, absolutely. So we're we're ten percent left on paying ourselves back from that loan that we took out for ourselves, right? Pretty much the money that I had in this in this fund, putting it towards the property, but paying ourselves back from that, right? And saying, hey, even though it's out of that system, we're still going to pay it back to ourselves. You know, I call it the war chest, right? The war chest funds, that contingency fund for all of these properties that we have. So where are we at right now? So right now, to date is $521 and that's putting probably around 10% on uh, maintenance, you know, and fees and then another 5% for CapEx, you know, stuff already invested so much into it, still keeping a CapEx fund because we're gonna have to redo or uh, replace like the HVAC system on the other unit. And then again, it's an 1899 home, right? So eventually there's gonna come time that we're gonna have to take care of all of these, you know, minor details on it or whatnot. So, but right now as of today, 521 clean on that property after we save for these contingency funds. That's awesome. So cash on cash return, right? Knowing the numbers, when it was before the $40,000, it was a cash on cash of 18.46%, right? With the 40,000, with the 40,000, it's 11.5%. Again, it's, and that's 40,000 throwing into this property with 10% left to pay ourselves. And I, but I also think that shows that, you know, you can't rely on just one metric to show if a property is a good investment or not. That's a, a perfect example of it. Hey, well, that's awesome. I'll take $521 okay. any day. <laughs> I wish I could see it. I'm still paying myself back, but right. Yeah, it's eventually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. eventually. Okay, so I'm going to take us to our rookie request line. And this is where anybody can call in and reach out to us at one 888 Five rookie and leave us a voicemail and we may play your question on our show. Hi, my name is Mackenzie and I'm calling from Brooklyn, New York. I invest upstate New York. I am currently purchasing my third investment property, my fourth property total. And my question is, when you're purchasing properties on a regular basis, say like once a year through conventional loans, how do you keep your credit up as your loan to debt ratio increases and as they continue to check your credit checks? How do you do that so that you ensure your, you know, if you're paying all your bills still, that your credit score does not drop so that you lose the opportunity to buy the best interest rates? Thank you. Bye. All right. So the way that I'll answer that is, yeah, when you're in this journey of real estate investing, right? knowing that you're working. So first off, obviously having a, a good lender that you establish a relationship with, right? And that's the important thing, a relationship. Hey, this is what my goals are. This is what I'm trying to achieve, right? 
and knowing that I'm starting to cross that threshold of like four to now five conventional loans and moving into that six one and, and into that territory, right? When you talk about that debt to income ratio, it's like if you have credit cards and things like that, you definitely want to try to minimize as much as you can, right? To really have that best profile moving forward and giving that lender uh, confidence in your ability to manage all of these large lump sum uh, conventional loans that you have. So paying things on time, keeping that credit limit low, that utilization percent low on your credit cards, and really just being a solid customer to them, right? As far as your profile, where you don't give them any inclination or any worry that you may not be able to pay these things back, I think goes a long way. So definitely keeping those credit balances in check, your utilization of your credit, paying things on time, and then establishing that relationship with the lenders so they know that you're good for what you're trying to achieve. Awesome advice, Angel. Awesome, awesome advice, man. I'm going to take us into our Ricky Rockstar. So for all of the Rickies that are listening, if you would like to be featured on the podcast one day, make sure you guys join the Real Estate Ricky Facebook group. Uh, we are tens of thousands of people strong in there, and it is one of the most active, most engaging Facebook groups out there. And actually, I think, Angel, you and I met for the first time in the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group before I was even the, even the host here. So you never know what could happen. If you join the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group, you might end up on the podcast. So, um, but, or become the host. Or become right. the host. <laughs> or you become right. the host. Uh, hopefully for a different podcast, because I like my job. So. Yeah. Me too. I, I was thinking me being gone before you, Tony. <laughs> All right. So today's Ricky Rockstar is Marcus. And Marcus just closed on his first investment property, which was uh, his goal for 2021. So he said he found exactly what he was looking for, which was a house hack that requires a little bit of work so he can add some value, but not so much that it is a full-time job. And it even came with a hot tub. So Marcus, congratulations. Uh, big shout out to you for getting that first deal done. Well, Angel, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Can you let everybody know where they can reach out to you and find some more information about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on the forums. I'm active again. I was kind of out of it a little bit because of a uh, military training, but I'm back so they could catch me on the forums. In the Rookie Facebook group, I'm in there as well. Or they could email me at angelgarciarei at gmail.com. That's my email. And again, I'm going through this journey just as everyone else. So any questions or anything, I'm here to here to serve. Angel, this has been a, a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on. And even before we started recording, we were joking around how when Tony first started on the podcast, he'd have to get up at 6 a.m. and record with me because I wanted to stay on my same schedule of 9 a.m. East Coast time. Well, now we're recording and it's almost 8 p.m. Super late for me on my, you know, in my time zone. But I am so wired from this episode. I'm like all pumped up that I'm going to be up for at least another four hours now. So thanks, guys. <laughs> but really, in all honesty, Joe, this, this was awesome. And I, I take this energy anytime. So thank you. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Ashley at Wealth From Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. And we will be back on Saturday with a rookie reply. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. 
If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.